We have our first ever AEW interview happening live in studio with you right now. Buckle up after buzzers. It's going to be a good one. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are coming to you live from the world-famous AfterBuzz TV studios in Los Angeles, California. And if we got a show for you, we have the current AEW Tag Team Champion of the World, introducing Scorpio Sky. Scorpio, how are you doing? And the crowd goes mild. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you having me. Thanks. Yeah, are you still out? And you're in Garland, Texas, right now, or did you already uh, fly out of there? I just got back. I walked through my front door like maybe 20 minutes ago. Very cool. Yeah. So you were you were there. I don't know yet if you did AEW Dark. The uh, the the traveling is it pretty pretty good? It must be regular for you. You're used to traveling all over the place. Yeah, it's gotten to be a routine now. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, We actually are pretty fortunate. We have a good schedule in the sense of we're only on the road maybe two or three days a week. And we have weekends off, which makes it all the better. You know, I haven't had weekends off in years, so it's pretty nice. Yeah, that's got to be living the dream. Are you now? You before getting to AEW, you wrestled all over in pro wrestling guerrilla. You did stuff in Europe and Japan, and uh, we also talked about uh, the off air the Pacific Northwest uh, with Defy Wrestling. Uh, also, I first came across you in uh, Wrestling Society X. Wow! Uh, so been doing all sorts of stuff all over the place. Are you still doing? other dates with different companies or are you all in with AEW right now? No. Yeah. I'm all in with AEW now. Yeah. Flexible. I think I could do some other dates if I wanted to, but, um, I really want to take the time to focus on AEW and building that brand and giving everything I have to that for the time being, not to say that I wouldn't do something in the future, but, uh, that's just not the plan right now. Yeah. It seems like they do give you a little bit of that flexibility if you wanted to, do some other things but it yeah it seems like right now in pro wrestling the place to be is AEW because they're the ones doing all the cool stuff right now oh yeah absolutely and uh you know I, being in the position I'm in which is a very fortunate position I want to make sure I stay healthy and so on my days off I try to make sure I get in the gym and recover and have a little fun at the same time and be ready for next week's dynamite or dark or whatever I am doing yeah, do you are you like a, a routine guy? Are you like how do you manage your your health and fitness? Are you one of those people that no matter where you are and what you're doing, you're all about getting to the gym at the same time or do you just kind of feel it out day by day? What's that kind of look like for you? When I'm home, I usually like to get to the gym uh, around the middle of the day. So I'm like an 1130 to 12 kind of guy because I'm not really a super early, like get up and go as soon as it's dawn or or as soon as the sun comes up kind of guy. But uh, at the same time, I don't like going really late in the day. So the middle of the day just kind of fits for me. But when I'm on the road, you kind of have to just get in where you fit in. And so sometimes it's early in the morning. Sometimes it's evening. You just have to go when you can. 
Yeah, and with uh, with things, especially with with wrestling, you obviously have to deal with a lot of crazy injuries and things like that. Do you? How do you balance that when you're not feeling 100% versus the show must go on? Do you sort of have a a way of a, a template for how you look at different pains and things like that, or do you just say, if I can go, I can go, and if I can't, I can't? Well, you know, fortunately now, being with a big company, we've got a whole staff backstage, a uh, whole medical staff. We've got doctors. We've got uh, physical therapists. So if we have something bothering us, we can get it checked out. We can get it assessed, find out what it is, and get it worked on. And they can go from there and say, okay, you know, you're good to go. You're not good to go. But as a pro wrestler in general, you know, we're all used to working hurt, uh, working through injuries. As long as it's not too bad, uh, you just kind of suck it up and go and, you you know, as they you know, put your helmet on and go into the game. So, right. right now, something I saw online the other day is you had mentioned, I, I believe, is on uh, Wrestling Inc. You had mentioned that you've been working with Dean Malenko quite a bit as a as a one of the coaches there. As a fan, I'm always curious, what does that mean if someone's a coach? Like, how do you guys, do you guys just go to the gym together and, you know, he says, don't skip leg day or are you <laughs> in the ring actually doing stuff? What, how does that work when you have a, a coach at a, a place like AEW? And, and what exactly is Dean Malenko doing to help you out? Well, in, in WWE, they call them agents. And uh, with AEW, we call them coaches. And basically, uh, it's the same job. But uh, what they do is help you with your segment, uh, whether it be, you know, hey, this is what you're doing. You're, you're doing an interview tonight or your your match is going to be this segment of the show and whatever, whatever, whatever. And so you just kind of lean on them for the specifics of what you need to get across and what needs to get done. And, and they can actually help you as far as like your match as well, which is, you know, when you have someone like a Dean Malin go or the other guys we have like jerry lynn and and the names go on and on it's uh valuable yeah so they're kind of not just helping you kind of hit your paces but also maybe giving you feedback on how to make the match work best or tell the best story and that kind of stuff absolutely they'll get back with you after uh the match or after whatever you do and they can kind of tell you this was good this was not good or you know whatever you can go from there and it just helps you know to get better everybody's done it you know cena austin rock they've all had agents bret hart you know so it's it's a you know it's one of the parts of the business that helps you just get better yeah, um, I was checking out Wikipedia, which is always a 100% accurate source. <laughs> always. And it said that you were a fan of Bret Hart. Bret Hart was your guy growing up. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was a huge Bret Hart guy and I still am. Uh, yeah. Just a, he was at Double or Nothing back in Vegas in May and he actually yeah. made it a, an appearance. And I ended up taking a picture with him backstage, just kind of a mark out moment because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all still fans. And, uh, you know, I grew up a huge Bret Hart fan from the time I was, I don't know, like eight or nine years old. So uh, he had a big inspiration on me. Yeah, Bret Hart was the first person that I ever said was my favorite wrestler at the time. So we share that uh, connection there. I've always been a fan of of the Hitman. Uh, I'm also a fan of the team you're with, of of SoCal Uncensored. And I'm curious about how everything came together. Uh, I know uh, Daniels and Kazarian, they were a tag team, and then you all three came together uh, to make SCU. But... (laughs) How did that happen? Did they approach you? Did you approach them? How did the how did you guys decide to to get together? Well, it's funny. We actually created the group 
two years ago, either this week or next week. It was at ROH Final Battle 2017 when we uh, formed the group. But the seeds were planted a few months earlier, and basically this is what happened. Frankie and Chris were with Ring of Honor for a couple of years. Frankie I had been really close with from PWG. I knew Chris as well, um, and uh, also from PWG. And Frankie had been trying to get me into Ring of Honor for a couple of years at that point. And uh, I ended up getting a tryout match with them in Vegas as well. Excuse me. And um, I wrestled two matches against Cody, and I wrestled against Kushida. And I was fortunate enough to get called back to Philadelphia the next month and did uh, an eight-man match against the Elite, which uh, was a barn burner. Uh, right. I so myself it was a really good match, and we all impressed, and we all did really well. And that kind of helped earn my spot. And the whole idea was I, I, ROH liked me. They just didn't know what to do with me. They didn't have a spot for me. And uh, what happened was Frankie and Chris had been looking for a third guy because ROH had six-man tag team titles that they wanted to go after. They had already won tag team championships. Uh, Daniels had already been world champion. So it was like, okay, this is the next goal. This is what we want to do. We want to go after the six-man titles. But they didn't have a partner. And uh, it was that night they, uh, you know, they were impressed with me. And they kind of looked at each other and said, like, wow, he's our third guy. Let's let's pitch that. And uh, obviously I was on board and the uh, the office was on board. Thank goodness. And uh, SCP yeah. was formed. When when they came to you, was did they when they pitched it at first? Was it like, hey, we have this idea. Do you want to join us? Or was it like this is happening? We've already got it all approved. Um, I don't know if it was really either one, like they didn't have to pitch me on it, you know, because I was already, I was already good, you know, friends with them. I was already traveling with them when I was going to ROH. Um, and they had always been helpful to me go dating back to PWG. And then the Mm -hmm. time that I spent with TNA impact, they were also, uh, guys that were really helpful to me. So they were, you know, they're already someone I looked up to and guys that I admired for years. So they didn't have to pitch me at all. It was just kind of like, Hey, we'd like to do this. And I, obviously I'm just like, okay, yeah, of course I'm on board with that. Let's do it. Yeah. And I think that translates really well on camera as well. There are certain things about you guys that feel like you're a, a real group of friends and you're not just put together for the sake of TV. So as a fan, it's always good to see you guys come out and you look like you're having fun. So that's always really a good thing to see. Uh, on, on AEW, now obviously AEW is still fairly new. As a fan, you know, you we see all in start happen, and then you hear the rumblings again as a fan of of double or nothing, and maybe they're going to get a TV deal, and then it happens. But as a wrestler, did you see all this t- stuff kind of happening way early on? Did you know early on you were going to be a part of AEW, or was it like, oh, I wonder if they're going to pick me? How was that process like? As this new company was starting, and you were potentially going to join to being there where you are now well i heard the rumblings at the same time as all the fans did you see the things online of Mm -hmm. uh you know tony khan being interested in getting into pro wrestling and this and that and the other but you know you never know if anything is legit and until there's actually paperwork put in front of you or until I actually got to meet Tony Khan and, and felt, okay, this, this guy is legit. He's, he's, uh, he's really passionate. He's got a vision. He wants to do something different. He wants to make history. And that's what sold me on him. Uh, and that, and also the young bucks, the, the young bucks being involved was a huge part of what 
brought me, Frankie and Chris along board with them because we trust them. And we're obviously all good friends. I've been friends with the young bucks, my entire career. We basically started together. I trust them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they've done things that nobody else has ever been able to do. And so it, everything just kind of came together so quickly. And, uh, you know, we're hitting, we're heading up on one year. We've only been open for about a year. We announced the company, I think January 8th, 2019. And so, uh, if you look at everything that we've been able to accomplish over the past year, it's nothing, nothing short of extraordinary because this has never happened before. There's never been a company that opened from scratch at this level. Cause even if you look at WCW back in the day, they came from the NWA. This is something completely different, completely new. It's it's history. There's going to be books and documentaries about this for years to come. Yeah, it almost feels like a uh, almost like a video game where you do a, uh, a new franchise mode and it's suddenly there on the same level. It's it's crazy that this is happening and that it's doing so so well uh, it, right now. And and of course, there's a lot of people that want to compare it to other competition like NXT and they on Twitter as you know Twitter is its own world they like to talk about ratings and things like that uh, I kind of feel like the ratings war side of things gets overblown a little bit but how do you feel as a wrestler do you feel competitive like yeah we want to win or is it like hey everyone's winning because more people are getting on TV how do you feel about this whole Wednesday night war as they call it it's both, honestly. Uh, your competitive nature, you always want to be the best. You always want to beat whoever is opposite you. And, and I'm a naturally really competitive person anyway, so I'm always going to be that way. That being said, uh, the Wednesday Night Wars is kind of a romanticized thing because it's not exactly like the Monday Night Wars. There's nobody trying to put the other company out of business. Nobody's going to go out of business. Ratings aren't uh, live and die the way they used to be. So it's uh, it's fun to look at things. And obviously, I'll be looking at the ratings uh, when they come out for yesterday as well. And I definitely pay attention to it every week. But it's not, uh, you know, we're not trying to kill anybody. Uh, I've got friends. We all, you know, I'm friends with so many people in WWE and NXT and and want them to do well. And uh, we hope that they want us to do well because it's just better for the business. It's better for the workers and it's better for the fans. Yeah, I always say, I like the the phrase you use, it's kind of romanticized, because I always say if if they were on different channels, we would say the ratings are amazing either way, and we wouldn't really care whether one won by a couple numbers or not. But uh, I love it. I think I'm a big fan of wrestling, so I, I agree with you. I think it's kind of win-win for all of us in, in this regard. Um, now, something that I've noticed about you uh, lately is that you've been doing a lot of singles matches. Now, you're a tag team champion, but I see you doing a lot of singles matches. And you had a big one uh, recently for the, the heavyweight championship of the world. Is, is there, Are we teasing a possible Scorpio Sky going solo? Uh, or is this just having fun? You just like to, to work a little bit more than than uh, the other two? What's what's going on with that? No, definitely. I don't like to work more than the other two. Don't get it. Those guys are work horses. Uh, yeah. Both Frankie and Chris would wrestle matches one through eight on a card if you asked them to. Those guys are insane. They probably want to yeah. work more than I do, to be honest with you. <laughs> and they're older than I am, which is nuts. But they're just they're psychos but um, yeah. um you know i i love both i love 
singles wrestling. I love tag team wrestling. It just so happens I got over as a tag team guy with SCU as six bands and, and regular tags and I'm fortunate enough to be one half of the first world tag team champions. And so I'm really, really happy with that, you know, again, making history. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, you know, when you get in there with someone like Chris Jericho, you pin him in a tag match and that leads to a singles world title match. Um, you know, words can't describe what that type of feeling is. You know, someone that grew up watching Chris Jericho, it's it's amazing. If someone told me just a few months ago, like, you're going to be standing across the room from Chris Jericho live on national TV. And I'm like, what? You're crazy. That's yeah. not going to happen. But it happened. And uh, so I'm open to do whatever it is. Uh, I think I'm, my focus right now is on the world tag team titles. And mm-hmm. eventually in the future, whether it be a couple of months or a couple of years, whatever, you know, However the cards land, uh, I am definitely looking to eventually go singles, and I would like to be a world champion and take that belt that Chris Jericho currently carries. Well, no pressure, but I did say on our very program, I think that someday you are going to be the guy to make it happen. And no pressure. I've never been wrong on a prediction in my life. So no pressure, but it's all on you at this point to keep that, uh, that streak alive. I think I did see that clip. I think you said I'm going to be the next champion. (laughs) You're going to be the next champion. So no pressure. That's Um, a lot of pressure. We we just got to make sure that you follow through on that. Uh, And um, but I I think I got to say, too, you're right. It is very historic. You get to be the first AEW tag team champions. And right now, not for nothing, I think that the AEW tag team champions are my favorite uh, title belt right now. I think those look the nicest of all of them out there. I am a... See, look at that. That thing looks great. Got my that's name my, on it. <laughs> oh, and it's even on there. I love it. Those. That's my favorite looking belt right now. I think that's a that's a, a pretty looking title. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, and the snake skin in the back. Uh, I don't know if you can really see oh, that. Oh, yeah. They don't yeah. They don't show that enough on TV. Yeah, it's got beautiful snake skin in the back. I think it's real snake skin as well. And it's uh, they really put a lot of effort into this. I actually got to meet the designer of this championship. He came to the pay-per-view in Baltimore last month, and he kind of gave us uh, the breakdown and how he came up with it. And we took pictures with him and everything. And I, I think it's a beautiful belt. Uh, and it matches what we're doing. We're making tag team wrestling really important. I think the AEW tag team division is one of the most stacked divisions in wrestling. We've got it is. six, seven, eight teams that can all carry these titles and be top teams. I mean, we're talking the Young Bucks, the best tag team in the last 10 years. You're talking SCU, Best Friends, the Dark Order. Let's not talk about Lucha Brothers. I mean, that's just naming a few of them. You know, Private Party. There's so many talented teams. It just so happens that we're on top of them. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys have a match coming up with the Young Bucks next week. How do you feel about them having the nerve to call themselves the best tag team when you're the guy holding the championships? You know, I call them the best tag team, you know, until somebody knocks them off that throne, whether they're carrying these or not, they are the best tag team of the last 10 years. And and that might, yeah, that might be underselling them. I mean, they're by far the best. So that that's a motivating factor for us. You know, Frankie and I, we've been underdogs before we like to go in as the underdogs We're we're Rocky, big, big Rocky fans. And so we like to be that underdog story. And, uh, to, you know, if you want to carry these titles, you have to face the best and the bucks are the best. And we're going to go in there. We're going to, we're going to kick their butts. 
I think so. I got you guys picked to win this one, uh, that yeah. one next week. There you uh, go. Going, going, going into the tournament, I agree. I, I'll be honest. I thought you guys were uh, were underdogs in that in that tournament. But at the very beginning of the tag team tournament, you did a really good Barack Obama impression. How did that whole little skit come about? Was that you guys just kicking around fun ideas and deciding to do it since you were in D.C.? Or was was that something planned? That was that was one of my favorite little skits you guys have done. Thank you. Yeah, we just threw it together because uh, I don't remember. If, I don't know if you're a, a fan of being the elite, but we uh, we always go town to town and we kind of bury whatever town we're in. And right. so we knew we were coming up to DC, and and we had never buried DC. So we're like, oh, let's. Uh, excuse me, uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's go do that for sure. And, and then it was kind of like, well, what if we went to the nation's capital or what if we go to the White House? And it's like, well, what if we dress up in suits? And I'm like, oh, what if I dress, what if I talk like Obama, you know, yeah. and we put on a suit and, and then they're like, oh, what if we dress like Secret Service? And it's that's how all, the, all these things come together. It's literally just like throwing stuff against the wall and, and things just kind of snowball from there. And then, you know, we come up with the idea and it was really only supposed to be for BTE and then we shot it and it was so we thought it was so good yeah that we were like oh we would love to use this on TV but the funny thing about it was when I was rehearsing in the days leading up to it I was like I thought you know I was kind of you know patting myself on the back I was like this is a really good Obama impression and then when I actually <laughs> when I watched it back I was like oh that's not a good impression at all that's pretty bad actually but I was like whatever <laughs> But then I saw a bunch of people that were saying, oh, it was great. It was spot on. And so I was like, oh, okay, it wasn't that bad. You know, I guess you're your own worst critic all the time. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was really fun. And it gave you guys a lot of personality, especially to the viewing audience that may have been new to you guys at, at that point. Uh, and um, did you know at that point you were – because I believe at that point it was still going to be Daniels in, the, in there. Did you know already kind of that's how it was going to play out? Or was that something that you guys – you taking his spot in the tournament was that something that you kind of knew was going to happen or did that happen or uh, yeah are you asking him, did i know the lucha brothers were going to jump them from behind and and pile drive christopher daniels on the ramp yeah uh, yeah did you, did you know you were gonna you were gonna come in <laughs> <laughs> We're layering things here. I don't know how to answer that. Um. No. Uh, well, I thought you did a good job either way. It was one of my favorite all-time moments. You wrestling with one shoe on. It was a it was a good time. Oh yeah, that uh, was uh, that was quite uh, a night and uh, unforgettable. And I, ca- I got both shoes back, which is pretty cool. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I do have a few questions uh, from our viewing audience. I was hoping I could run by you. Absolutely. Uh, so I want to give a shout out first uh, on Twitter to at RTII Animate. I think it's supposed to stand for uh, Retweet to Animate, um, but it's spelled RTII Animate. Um, he asked, the segment with Chris Jericho, the, the Melody Parsons thing, uh, was that an Easter egg reference towards Melody from the new Pokemon Sword and Shield game? Uh, no. Because her name is actually Melanie Parsons. <laughs> Melanie Parsons. Oh, yeah. I got it. He, I copy and pasted. That wasn't my research. RT, oh, you, you threw me under the bus. No. No, a lot of people have no. made that mistake, actually. Uh, there was, there's been a lot of tweets of a lot of them saying Melanie, a lot of them saying Melody. Uh, they're both really nice names, but yeah, yeah. Melanie was the name. Yeah. Is Melanie a real is Melanie a real person? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just made I was it up. Because if she was, that's cold of Jericho to say she got fat. Uh, <laughs> but 
<laughs> but it would be on brand, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, we also have uh, um, on Twitter at Haywood TM asks, "Do you feel women's wrestling is ready to take over the top spot?" I mean, I I'm think in a lot of ways that. it it already has. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look at uh, Ronda Rousey and what she did last year, and and, and WrestleMania main eventing with three women, uh, and that's just one company, and they have some of the greatest performers in the business. If you look at someone like Charlotte, I'm a huge Charlotte fan. And mm-hmm. I think a uh, guy or a girl, she's one of the best that they works for that company. And then if you have someone like Tessa Blanchard, who uh, I have praised uh, over the years, is her, we've wrestled a couple of times. And I think also male or female, she's one of the best in the entire business. So mm-hmm. um, I think maybe it's not taking over the top spot because I, I think, you know, we're still competitive <laughs> as right, guys, right. but I think, uh, they are stepped up and, and sharing that spot at the top with uh, the men. It is very cool to see as a, as a wrestling fan, um, having watched wrestling for a long time, watching that it really is an evolution and a, a revolution of the women's division, how much better it's gotten. And I agree. I would love to see Tessa Blanchard join AEW. I've said that a few times on our show. Um, so I'm making the pitch. I don't know how much that helps Tessa want to join AEW, but I want it to happen, Tessa. Uh, make it happen. Uh, but you brought up having matches with her. Do how do you feel about the intergender matches? Would you like to see those in AEW? I'm a fan of them. I I would like to see it happen more. Do you have a preference one way or the other on those? I don't have a preference one way or the other. Honestly, um, there yeah, obviously there are people on both sides of the fight, and they and they both have good points in the sense of uh, you know you don't necessarily want to see men and women fighting each other, but then there's the other argument of well you know if it's a comic book and you know there's you know mm-hmm. whatever 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 um, I I've only done a couple of intergender matches in my entire career and they're both with tessa actually and i think there's a way of doing it there's certain things that i didn't want my character showing doing i get it it's wrestling yada 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 but one of the things i didn't do was hit her i didn't want to like punch her or hit her and you know it's just like you know it's one thing to wrestle because you know i have a i had a friend that i went to high school with and she was a wrestler and she wrestled guys because a lot Mm -hmm. of the other teams um didn't have women so she'd wrestle guys so you know ideally you could have a man and a female wrestling she won sometimes so it's it could happen but other than that you know i don't like the idea of like you know maybe punching uh, a woman in the face so that's one thing i just made sure i did not do i tried to keep it a wrestling match and i thought that made it unique and made it different and if you have some Someone as good as Tessa that you know is as good as the guys. You know, I I, mm-hmm. I, told, I told her this after the match. I said, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but wrestling you was like wrestling a guy, and <laughs> and what yeah. I mean by that is that you were so athletic, so strong, and so intense that it just felt like I, I didn't feel like I have to like really be you know handle you with kid gloves like you were out there toe to toe with me and uh you know when you have someone like that you can do it but whether we're going to do it in AEW or not um you know we'll see uh i think there's a place for both of them i think it's really cool to have the women's division and they do their thing the similar way of the ufc has a lightweight division and a heavyweight division and a middleweight division. And a lot of times they don't cross. You're never going to see a heavyweight fight a lightweight. Um, I think that's okay. If that's the same way with a women's division and a man's division. 
Yeah, I I tend to agree. I, and again, I, I I agree with what you're saying as well. I think there's de- you definitely have to be sensitive about how things like that work. But um, overall, I'm excited and hopefully I would like to see more inter- intergender matches. But I also agree if they keep them separate, it's going to be fine either way. I feel like it's entertainment no matter what happens, right? Um, so uh, we had mentioned earlier you are defending the title against the Young Bucks. Uh, right now, all the champions are first time champions. I want a prediction from you. Who's going to be the first champion to uh, to to lose their belt? Who? Um, I'm putting you on the hot seat. You know, I'm gonna, and this is not a knock against Riho, but I'm gonna say Riho, and that's just because we have signed and brought in so many new women that, and that are they're so good that. That uh, that division is heating up. You know, we just brought in Kristen Statlander, who's amazing. And you, I don't know if you've been watching the show or if you've seen any yeah. of her on the indies, but she can do things that would blow your mind. I've seen her do 450s. I've seen her do shooting star presses. She's incredible. And so the best is yet to come with her. And we just brought in Big Swole, who I uh, hadn't seen a ton of before she came to us, but she's impressing me every time I see her. There's more Joshi girls coming over. So Riho is tough as she is uh i think it's gonna get a little bit tough for her to hold on to that because there's so many more um competitors coming into that division and and it's more it's more frequently than it is in the heavyweight and tag division so if i had to make a prediction i'm sorry Riho. <laughs> it ain't gonna be us i'll tell you that right 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 uh yeah i i agree with you the, the AEW women's division has just seemed to have blown up over the past month or so it seems like every week we get a new addition and every time i see a new addition i think oh my gosh this is the future of the women's division uh it's it's become very stacked and i really enjoyed uh big swole this past week so or yesterday as of recording this so i i agree i think that's going to be a very very competitive division going into the new year and going into the new year you guys have a show coming up uh bash at the beach a former wcw show i am a uh an unapologetic late period wcw uh fan so i am super excited about bash the beach uh how do you feel about having some of these wcw named shows on the uh on the calendar well, it's not going to do a lot for us in terms of <laughs> trying to knock down the comparisons between us and WCW. But yeah. at the same time, I don't think that's bad. You know, uh, everything is nostalgic, you know, old is new. And that's kind of been that way for a long time now. Uh, and, and and I think it's a lot of fun, you know, for someone that grew up like myself watching WCW, watching Bash mm-hmm. at the Beach, Um to bring that name back and we're going to Miami and it's going to be a lot of fun. Similar to the way WWE has brought back Starcade and has, uh, you know, they were doing the great American bash for a while and a lot of different things like that. So it's just kind of something that is a little nod to the past, which is something that's always nice to do. And I hope we can actually get some uh, old WCW stars to come to the show. We've had Art Anderson in the past. I'd love for him to show up DDP. It'd be cool if we got a few of those guys to come, even if it was just, something backstage or maybe a small appearance on the show. 
Yeah, I think that'd be great as well. As I said, I'm a fan of the WCW stuff. I think that it's it's not overdone on AEW. I think it's just a fun thing that gets sprinkled in. I think if you watch WCW and you watch AEW, you can still tell they're totally different shows. Uh, so the use of WCW stuff, I think, is fun. I like it. I like Bash of the Beach. I thought it was the best show that WCW did every year, even though Starcade was supposed to be. Um, I was a Bash of the Beach guy. Yeah, that was the best one. Yeah, and I, I'm interested to see what we're going to do. Are we going to have the same set? Are we going to have some palm trees? Like, what, what's it going to look like? That's what I'm really curious. And because, you know, Bash of the Beach always had a really cool set with the trees, and they would have, you know, they made it look like a beach, and it was a lot of fun. And so uh, I'm really interested to see what it's going to look like visually. And that's part of the fun for me, just showing up to every arena and going out and looking around and saying, okay, this is really cool. Like, I love the way this building looks. I love the feel of it. Uh, I thought the last pay-per-view we did, Full Gear, had an amazing set. Uh, yes. that reminded me of, uh, you know, the days when you're growing up and you watch a pay-per-view and the set is different. And it's like, oh, this is super cool. Like, I love the way that looks. And so just little nods to the past and bringing things back that we used to enjoy. You and I park our cars in the same garage regarding that because I love when they have totally different sets. Uh, another WCW comparison, but like the Halloween Havoc sets and things like that. Absolutely love it. And I loved Full Gear set. I thought that was really cool. I'm excited to see what the set looks like for Revolution, which is coming up on February 29th, the next big pay-per-view for you guys, uh, which is just announced as far as I... Hold up, though. Dynamite. Is there a February 29th next year? That's what the show said. I yes, do my I'm journalistic so research yeah. to double check. Is it like, That's a good question. Is it leap year or something? I saw the the I saw the graphic as well, and it said February 29th. And the first thing I thought it was like, oh, that's a mistake. <laughs> who made that? Who messed that up? But now I'm so I've heard it a couple of times now. I'm like, okay, is it like a leap year or something? Like February 29th? Uh, I don't remember existing, but maybe I'm wrong. You know, things things change, so I don't know. It would be a great day to have if it is on a leap year or it sounds like a a chris jericho out to say i'm going to defend it on february 29th and that's not for another three years right Uh, (laughs) right uh, so that seems to be the next big pay-per-view that seems to be the next big thing um what can we expect from you between now and then what's the next big thing going on for scorpio sky well, man, uh, it's a long time between then and now, and uh, we've got a lot of TV, and uh, obviously we've got a big match next week, and it is not a guarantee that we are going to leave Corpus Christi with these championship belts. And so the goal is obviously to get to Revolution as still champions, leave Revolution, still champions, hopefully come back to Los Angeles sometime in the spring or, or summer and do a show out here as champions. But you just never know what's going to happen. Things change so quickly. Uh, and, you know, maybe it ends up at Revolution. Maybe it's me and Jericho again. Maybe I can uh, prove you right. Or maybe it's something different. Yeah. I don't know. We'll it's, see what we can it, it all rests on your shoulders. But I, you know what? You were very nice about it, but I'm going to say it. I don't like the Young Bucks saying they're the best tag team in the world when you have the championship. I think you and Kaz need to show them who the real best in the world is next week live on Dynamite. Hey, I, that sounds good to me. Eight, uh, seven central live on TNT. I think what's going to be the main event. It better Watch be. Watch us do it. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be watching it. I'm excited for it. Uh, Scorpio, can you let all of our wonderful viewers and listeners know where they can find you online? 
Yes, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Scorpio Sky. Very simple. Uh, and I just want to say thank you to you guys for uh, covering our show. We appreciate every media outlet that is uh, joining this revolution and helping us out and spreading the word of all elite wrestling. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. We're all huge fans of everything you guys are doing. Uh, my name's Jack Farmer. You can find me at jackcfarmer.com as well as at realjackfarmer across all social media. Thank you once again, Scorpio Sky, for being with us. We'll see you next time. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.